Oh, get drunk on the yuletide gunk, you pummeled Duncans. What's the fucking crack? Welcome to the Blind by Podcast. Um, this this is technically a bonus episode. It's it's a bonus episode because it's the twenty third of December, and I said last week I was going to take this week off because I have, I've never I was going to take this week's off this week off. Because it's Christmas and I do need a break. But I've never taken a week off. I've never taken a week. I've never actually done it. And I think I'd rather save it. If I ever have to take a week off, I want it to be because I have to, not because I want to. I'd rather save up my week off for if I'm if I'm sick or something and, and literally can't record. That's the main that's the main fear I have with fucking if I was to catch a dose of corona. It's like fuck. How, ma- how many weeks of no podcast would that be? Would that be a month of me not physically being able to record? That's mainly what I worry about. So yeah this is a bonus episode. Um, I've a lot of. I've a lot of questions from you that I didn't. That I, that I never answer. I did a, a question answering podcast a few weeks back. But. I get so many questions from you. And I never find time to answer them. I try my best when I'm on Twitch. But. Fuck it. I figure I'll have a lash of this. This week. And. Because I don't want you cunts to be lonely as well. I know some people listen to this podcast. To. To just feel a sense. A sense of. of companionship. And to listen. Listen to a person you know. So I don't want to be abandoning ye. For a week. And it's really no hassle for me to, to sit down and have a little chat for a small while, you know. If you're a brand new listener, what's the crack? We do have a lot of brand new listeners now since Hosier was on the podcast. Some brand new Yanks and Canadians. Hello. I'd say to all the new listeners, brand new listeners, go back and listen to some earlier podcasts. Alright. If you're if you're a regular listener, what's the crack? You know the story. I was thinking today about I don't know, the past the past year. Look, t- lads, it's the end of 2020. 2020 has been coronavirus year. It's been unprecedented. It's been unprecedented in... I've never lived any... None of us, really, have experienced anything like this. And... Like, I'm thinking back... I'm thinking back about... The past year and... You know, what went good and what went bad. Like, the stuff... Okay, so the stuff that I I was terrified of. The stuff that I was really, really losing sleep over. I've been able to cope with. Right? Like, you know, at the start of the year. I cancelled a gig in London off my own volition. And because of that, then I ended up with a, a lot of debt that I had to pay off. Um couldn't gig all these all these practical things that I worried about that I was really terrified about I ended up coping I ended up coping and, and actually being completely okay with those things and I think in general it's it's fair to say a lot of us have as well if, if you compare one year later to where we are now to the kind of terror and panic we would have felt at the start you know we all did feel terror and panic at the start it probably didn't turn out as negatively as our fantasies at the time predicted all right now but what i mean by that i'm not saying it's been it's been easy and loads of people have died and sh- and shit like that i'm not trying to minimize that but what i mean is that in in the early days of covid People were stockpiling toilet paper. People were going into shops and clearing everything of bread. So that means that certain people were fantasizing about something on the level of a nuclear apocalypse. Okay, if you're behaving in that way, then that was in the back of your mind. And and that hasn't happened. We've all been able to go to the shop. It's been inconvenient. So personally speaking for me, I feel I've coped. I mean... Like Jesus, lads! I thought the thought of not not being able to gig was terrifying a year ago. 
because in my entire career all I've ever known is how to earn money from gigging but with the Patreon and stuff like that you've been so kind to me with that that I've been I've been earning a living through the Patreon and now I'm in a position where whereby even when we go back to normal I'm probably not going to gig as much it made me realise that I, I was actually gigging too much to the point that I was I was overworking myself so now I'm going to probably gig less when gigs are allowed I'm going to use my time more constructively more creatively to create things because gigs are good crack but you're not creating anything at a gig really the pandemic forced me to do things that, that were outside of my comfort zone I started my Twitch channel something that I'd been procrastinating for about for several years I've been procrastinating live streaming because of all the technical things I would have had to learn to do it but I did it I did it and now I've got a Twitch channel and I'm able to live stream and I'm very happy with that the main negative for the year for me and I think this will resonate with you um having so this 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 bothers me and it's ongoing having to care about other people's behavior when I'm in public right around around social distancing around how they wear their masks okay like everything else I can cope you know not being able to gig that's a real negative not being able to do TV work but I can cope right I go right this real bad thing is after happening it's outside of my control so if it's outside of my control what I need to do is I need to cope but what's what's having a kind of <clears throat> taking a toll on me and what I really really cannot wait to put behind me and something as it's it's I don't feel I have freedom from this being judged but having to be judgmental of people in public when I'm in the supermarket because I need to go to the supermarket because I have to I have to meet my needs of buying groceries not just buying groceries I I can't I can't just stay in my gaff and get everything delivered going to the shop with social distancing and just being near people right we all need a bit of that even in a pandemic to go to the shop and be in a public place that's good to do at least once a week for me um, and I need it and just being in like Aldi and then you see a person not wearing their mask properly and now I'm angry and I'm saying to myself in my head that fucking bastard has his mask around his chin and how they're being so selfish and, and his actions could really hurt another person if he spreads the virus and I'm just trying to buy bananas I'm just trying to buy bananas right and now I'm angry about the behavior of another human being and this is regular or or else I'm trying to buy bananas and someone comes too close to me and they're not respecting the, the two meter distance rule okay and now I'm angry Instead of enjoying my shopping or being outside, I'm angry with the behaviour of human beings. Not even angry. I care about what... I, I have an opinion on what someone else is doing. Right? Now, I've spent years and years working on my self-esteem to get to a point where I find happiness in, in really not giving a fuck about what other people are doing. If their behaviour doesn't impact me. Like... When I was in my early 20s and I was really, really insecure, I was consistently judging other people, judging strangers, judging their clothes, looking at what they're wearing, looking at what they're doing, and then evaluating their behavior or dress or looks against mine, and never, never, never being fully secure. Always. When, when you have low self-esteem and I would have had quite low self-esteem in my early 20s and I think everyone kind of does in their early 20s I think having quite low self-esteem and being very insecure is just part of being in your early 20s I don't miss that about my early 20s at all now, now just, just so I'm clear what is self-esteem right self-esteem 
first, it's it's one of the cornerstones of good mental health, right? To have high self-esteem. Now, to high, have high self-esteem doesn't mean you think that you're brilliant. What self-esteem is, is it's simply your your personal opinion of yourself. And it's rarely like, I think I'm brilliant or I think I'm shit. It's whether you think that you're just okay. That's High self-esteem is kind of like, I'm grand. I'm grand. That's what high self-esteem is. Like, nobody else is better than me. I'm no better than anybody else because to be comparing myself against other people, that'd be silly anyway. I'm grand. So that's high self-esteem and it takes a lot of work. Self-esteem is not the same as confidence. You can have quite low self-esteem and perform confidence. Confidence tends to be more of a performance. It's it's an outward set of behaviours. People with high self-esteem tend to come across as confident but it's more of a humble confidence but you can have really low self-esteem and perform I know loads of people like that very low self-esteem but the ability to perform a confidence but self-esteem really it tends to be whether if if your sense of self-worth comes from within and it isn't like defined by your behavior or defined by what other people think of you right if you start judging your self-worth based on any aspect of your behavior or based on what other people think of you, then that's kind of a recipe for low self-esteem. But anyway, in, in, your, in your early 20s, and in my early 20s, like, you don't have this solid sense of, of self. You don't really know who you are or have a solid sense of self. So you're continually checking other humans for feedback. And that feedback is, is whether, what are they wearing? What are they doing? And you're either going... That's, they look like a fucking idiot. Or what they're doing is stupid. Or you're going, they're better than me. Their clothes are nicer than mine. They're more good looking than me. And you're in this continual internal loop of judging and feeding off other people and evaluating it against yourself, right? And you're also in other people's business. Even if you're not telling them these things in your mind, you're now stuck in other people's business. Someone else's clothes is none of your business. Or their appearance, or their job, you know, or what, you know, their talents. It's none, none of my business. And if you live like that, you will have low self-esteem. It's that simple. If you live your life continually, consistently, either placing yourself above or below other people, and find, trying to find your self-worth and your value and sense of self, like a game of tennis, like a game of tennis that nobody else knows they're playing. Like you're, you're playing this game of tennis with everyone around you and bouncing off them in your own head. That's a recipe for low self-esteem. And in order to get to a place of high self-esteem, and high self-esteem is you're not, you're, you're, your sense of self-worth is not evaluated off other people in any way. There's no such thing as someone being better than you or being less than you because your value comes from inside. That's something, it kind of, it develops slowly, naturally as you get older, but you also have to work on it. And I've worked on that loads. So when I was 20, 21 and I'd go to a supermarket, like if I saw someone, someone my own age, wearing like a bright yellow jacket... I would find myself all of a sudden having an opinion on their jacket and I'd be saying to myself, look at them with their bright yellow jacket. They look like a fucking... Look at them showing off. I bet they think they're great with their big yellow jacket. Fucking prick. And these are the thoughts that used to go through my head when I was 21. And it's quite a normal... Quite a lot of young people think that way. You're evaluating other people. And now I'm in Dunn's at 21 or in Aldi and I'm angry about someone else's jacket... Which is the most ridiculous, fucking ridiculous. Now, why am I angry about someone's yellow jacket at 21? Now, I look back and I go, ah, I was actually jealous of that person's confidence. So, that person wore a big show-off jacket. I saw it. And internally, instead of saying the rational thing, which is, there's a person wearing a fucking jacket, it's none of my business. In my head, I'm saying, 
Look at that person with the confidence to wear that big yellow jacket. Who the fuck do they think they are? I bet they think they're better than me. They must think they're so much better than me that they can wear that jacket. And I'm inventing this fucking fantasy. And by the time I've left the supermarket, I've made it, I've internalised an enemy in my head. And all they did was wear a jacket. And then I've got cripplingly low self-esteem. And I'm highly, highly insecure. And it's a big feedback loop. Like, we do it a lot. Like, this is why we, this is why generally, if you see uh, someone who's really trendy, like a hipster, you know, and they're wearing clothes that are out of the ordinary, we tend to go, look at that fucking prick. You don't know the person, you go, fucking prick, showing off. And it's like, why would that piss, why does that piss us off? Ah, their confidence, we, we would like to have the confidence to do that, right, because that's brave, but their confidence reminds us of our lack of confidence, then we feel insecure, but feeling insecure is too painful to feel, so the best way to get, get away from a painful feeling is to express anger, to direct anger at the object of the thing that made you feel insecure. Before I used to exercise, if I saw a person out running in full running gear, I'd go, look at that fucking prick, fucking runners. Fucking prick off running. Look at him with his stupid clothes. And now I run all the time. And I wear proper running clothes and proper running shoes. Because I need to, because I'm running. But like, why would that piss me off back then? Ah, because the person is doing loads of running and being healthy. And I'd like to do that. But I wasn't able to get off my arse to do it. But rather than admit that to myself, it's easier to experience anger at that person jealousy and you know all it did it, it, when I when I then did start running one of my fears wasn't the physical difficulty of running but it was like oh fuck now I have to be the person who's out running and someone might laugh at me like I had a friend right I had a friend years ago again we were about 21 and he wanted to do a photography course he wanted to do photography so he organised an interview to apply for the photography course and then didn't turn up for the interview. And I remember asking him afterwards, why the fuck didn't you turn up for the interview? What the fuck was that? You wanted to do photography. And his genuine answer was, I just, thinking about being one of those lads at gigs who stand up at the, at the front of the gig and they have cameras or sometimes they go up on stage, they just look like dickheads, they look like wankers. And it was just too cringy. I don't think I, I... It was too cringy to think of myself of being the person at the gig who's taking the photographs. They look like dickheads. And we were in our early 20s. I, I remember thinking it was weird. But it's like... The par, par, the lad taking photographs at the gig, he's just doing his job. Doesn't even know anyone's looking at him. He's engrossed in his job. We do it with people who go to the gym. Look at those fucking pricks in the gym. They're so fucking vain. Look at them off. Like, it's it's a really unhelpful way to live your life. You're feeling this continual sense of contempt for other people. And you're, you're, you're experiencing the emotion of anger about another person's behaviour which doesn't impact you in any way whatsoever. You know? And it's a real unhelpful, stressful way to live that it, it, it's... it's creates low self-esteem and and then eventually feelings of depression and I used to live like that when I was in my early 20s because I didn't know any better I had bad mental health and I hadn't a fucking clue who I was I didn't have a fucking clue who I was as a human being and I work real hard over the years with maturity to not get to that to, to get away from that place if I'm in a supermarket now and I see someone wearing a big cool yellow jacket I just I, I probably don't even notice it and if I do, I just say to myself, fair play to them, they look great. But I'm certainly not, like I'm not judging them. And the experience of seeing another person dressed well or, or driving a nice car or having a class job, like I, I'm not internalising any of it as any type of emotion. It's, it's just a real passive observation. It has fucking nothing to do with me. Another person's clothes, another person's job, it has nothing to do with me none of my business I don't give a shit fair play to him it doesn't impact me I'm worrying about me and 
it took a long time to get to that place. A lot of it was work, reminding myself every single day. Don't be evaluating yourself in any way against other people. If, if you find yourself thinking you're better than someone, catch yourself. If you find yourself thinking you're lesser than someone, catch yourself. You can't be, your, your worth must come from within. And I say this to myself every day, so work goes into it. But this fucking pandemic. Now I'm in the supermarket with strong feelings of anger towards people who aren't social distancing. And I have opinions about how another person is wearing their mask. Right? Now the difference is, when I'm 21 and being insecure, and my anger is about another person's fashion, because their confidence reminds me of my insecurity, that's irrational. That's not an, an appropriate or helpful or compassionate way to operate in a society. And if I was to take that to a psychotherapist and say to them, I went to the supermarket today and another person was dressed really cool and I'm furious about this. The psychotherapist is going to say, can you tell me how this person's jacket hurt you? Do you think that's an appropriate response to another person's jacket? Let's look at let's look at why it made you angry. That's what a psychotherapist is going to say because that's it's it's a bit of a red flag. It's a red red flag for low self-esteem because effectively what you've done is you've taken another person's behavior personally and that behavior has nothing to do with you. But when I'm in a supermarket today and I'm not in my early 20s, I'm in my 30s. I've got my self-esteem sorted. Now I'm in the supermarket and there's a grown man walking around and he's wearing his mask around his chin. You know what I mean? And he's not social distancing. And he might actually kill someone. His recklessness by not adhering to social distancing and mask wearing could cause real harm to someone in the supermarket or to me and then vicariously to someone that I love who could be in real trouble if they got coronavirus. So I'm now in someone else's fucking business because someone else's behaviour is now my business and when I'm in the supermarket I'm, I'm furiously angry. But it's my response is actually appropriate. So I if I if I go to a psychotherapist and say today I'm furiously angry because there was a person in the supermarket who wasn't wearing their mask during a pandemic. The psychotherapist is going to turn around and say that's an appropriate response. Yeah, that that's your anger is a measured and appropriate response to someone who's behaving recklessly. And you Personalising that is also an appropriate response because if you are in the supermarket and you decide, fuck this, my mask isn't very comfortable, I'm going to pull it down around my chin. You're, you're, it's like drunk driving. It's, it's in the drunk driving territory. You're, you're making decisions that impact other people's safety. So it's 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 massively inappropriate behaviour, but it's widespread. But the toll then that that's taken on me on a daily basis, just from the perspective of emotional labour, is quite big. Because I I one of the fucking one of the beauties of being older is I don't have to deal with that insecure twenty shit anymore. I like I miss my twenties. I fucking miss my early twenties. Like, I, I miss going to fucking nightclubs and riding all around me and doing all that, all the mad, brilliant crack that goes along with being in your early 20s. I miss that. Now, I know you're thinking, blind boy, now chill out, man. Go to a nightclub. Be a mad bastard. I don't want to. I, I, do, I really don't want to. It, it's, I miss the fun that that was at that age. But now it's like, you don't have access to that phone. If I was in a fucking nightclub now, like this is how you know. When you get when you're happens at about twenty seven, you're in the nightclub and you start to worry that the draft from the smoking area is going to give you a sore neck. That's how you know you need to fucking move on.
it's it's like when you're nine, when you're nine and you don't want to play with your toys anymore, and you're there looking at your action figurines, saying to yourself, "You used to bring me so much joy, and now I can't remember what it was I used to like doing with ye." It, that's it's like that, except with nightclubs, and you can't have that back because it's 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 not it's not appropriate. It's like my hangovers are worse now, and I don't want to be in a fucking nightclub. I I have different. There's different fun now, but it's not that fun. Like fun to me now is learning how to make kimchi and gaining the trust of stray cats. That's what I'm into now. I won't be taking any yolks while I'm doing those things, but it hits the spot. It hits the spot. It gives me a sense of meaning. That's what it's like when you're in your thirties and you're thinking back to the crack that was there in your twenties, and I miss that. But I don't fucking miss the insecurity. I, I do not miss caring about what other people are doing or what they think of me. I fucking don't miss that because that was hell. But now I'm kind of back there. When I'm trying to mind my own business, I don't want to give a fuck about what another adult is doing with something on their face. I don't want to give a fuck about how close another adult is standing to me. Like these are all... When I used to give a fuck about that stuff, that was a sign of me having really bad mental health. But now I'm in a, in a position in reality where giving a fuck about that stuff is actually the appropriate response. But it's like triggering a, a, like a trauma or a muscle memory in me. It's, it's like it's bringing me back to the days of, of social anxiety and insecurity. So now I'm not... I'm forgetting things on my shopping list... I'm not like I love shopping. I speak about shopping a lot because I don't. I've got a, quite a fucking boring life, and to be honest, it's it's all I do. I, s- I sit around at home making fucking art, and then I go to the shop and I like making dinners. But I love going to the shop. I love selecting vegetables. I love mindfully shopping. I like thinking about what I'm buying. I do enjoy that. That's not happening because I'm furious about other people's behaviour and I can't use psychology on it because it's an, it's appropriate for me to be annoyed about it. So that, that's the one thing. I can cope with I can cope with everything else with the pandemic. I can manage and cope with everything else. That's the one thing that has me struggling. And what do I say to myself you know to cope with that? What's my daily thought to cope with that? I say to myself at least it's not impacting my behaviour. At least I haven't headbutted someone beside the apricots. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you want to. Some, sometimes you want to. Like, I understand some people don't wear masks because, you know, the, someone, if, if people who are on the, the autistic spectrum, some people don't like wearing masks for that reason. Some people have breathing difficulties. I understand that. But some of the people I'm talking about, it's like, Nah, you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. And you're trying to get away with it. You're trying to get away with not wearing the mask. And you don't care. And those people... I want to fucking grab them by the collar. And pull them out of of the shop. And fuck them out onto the road. But I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I say to myself... I am getting angry. But not to the point that it hijacks my behaviour... And puts me into an even into a real difficult situation. So I take something from that, you know, because if it was really taken over, like I said, you'd be reading about me in the paper. You'd be reading about me in the paper. The horse outside singer today received a lifetime ban from Aldi for kicking a fifty five year old taxi driver into the shins. That's not happening. Okay, Ocarina pause. I'm gonna play the Ocarina and you're gonna hear a digitally inserted advert. Don't know what the ad is for. It's, it responds to your algorithm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That was an ocarina, so you didn't get a surprise by a loud advert. Um, support for this podcast comes from you, the listener. This is a 100% independent podcast, all right? Um, it's my sole source of income. I put a lot of work into this podcast. So I'm just asking you, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, please consider paying me for the work that I'm doing. All I'm looking for is the price of a pint or a cup of coffee once a month. That's it. You get about five hours of podcast a month. And all I want from you is the price of a pint or a cup of coffee. Go to patreon.com forward slash the blind by podcast to become a patron of this podcast. Okay? It gives me full editorial control. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can make the podcast that ye like. I'm not answering to any advertisers. No one tells me what to do. This is a podcast that's funded by the listener, for the listener, and... Don't feel guilty if you can't afford to pay me for the work of this podcast. Because it's a model that's based on kindness. So the people who can afford to become patrons are paying for the people who can't afford it right now. Everybody's getting a podcast. I'm earning a living. What more do you want? All right. Subscribe to the podcast. Like it. Tell a friend about it. Also, join me on Twitch. Three times a week at about 8.30pm, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Twitch.tv forward slash The Blind Boy Podcast. Currently I'm writing live music to an absolutely terrible game called Cyberpunk 2077. It's a real piece of shit. They, They really fucked up the game. But it's fun to write songs to. It's fun to write songs to because of all the glitches and mistakes that happen in the game. Come along, join me, you can chat with me. I won't be doing it on Christmas Day. I won't be doing it on Christmas Day, but I'll do it tonight and on Christmas Eve. So, some questions. Adam asked, Blind boy, have you any advice for people who are going home to families at Christmas? I do. I'm not going to make it about the pandemic. Alright, you don't need to hear that. You know the facts. I'm going to talk about something from mental health and emotional. Um, every Christmas I always talk about the threat, the threat to our self-esteem that's faced by returning to what's known as our family of origin, right? When you go back home at Christmas, right, and you're, you're a grown adult and you're standing on your own two feet, but you're back home at Christmas, and your brothers and sisters are there, your grandparents are there, the, the family of fucking origin you can end up falling into old patterns old patterns of behaving which aren't helpful I spoke about this before one thing I'd like to speak about is a concept in family systems psychology called enmeshment right and I want to talk about enmeshment because I think this is quite a common Irish condition because of Just being Irish, just being Irish means that you are impacted by some type of generational trauma. And and that's just how it is, lads. All right. I don't like, you know, we know the history of our fucking country. Whether members of your family were, got fucked up by the church in some way and the shit that they were doing. Even, look, like two podcasts ago, I told you, like, my, my grandfather found himself in a situation where he was... He shot 17 British soldiers and then witnessed his neighbour being murdered. And that's my granddad. So that's that's two generations away. 
my great grandmother was in the famine so as Irish people we're, we're only two three generations removed from quite quite extreme traumatic circumstances and one one condition that can happen in families where trauma is involved is something that's known as enmeshment it's it's a dysfunction that arrives from dysfunctional ways of coping here's a simple question for you to understand if you might be dealing with some level of of enmeshment when you think about what you'd like to do with your life when you think of your goals and your dreams of what you would like to do with your life are they actually your goals or how much of that is making your mother or your father happy like re- really th- think of that now cuz that's something that's something i struggle with like and and now i know i know i go on and i don't like to talk about it, external achievements or external behaviors but i'm just i'm saying this to make a point just for example i have two i've written two best selling books of fiction and if i'm being really honest i kind of feel like a failure because i'm not a school teacher now I'm not nothing I'm not I'm not shitting on school teachers. I'm just saying I it's it's hard for me to feel writing I'm a professional artist. I'm a professional artist. And in terms of how success is measured as a professional artist, I'm doing pretty good. And sometimes deep down if I'm really honest I can't feel secure because I don't have a job as a teacher. I don't have a secure kind of... The thing with my job, my job could literally disappear next year. Literally. All right? I work in a very fickle industry. Twitter or Instagram could change a button. New technology could come along and all of a sudden podcasts aren't a thing anymore. And all of a sudden I can't reach people. I'm an independent artist. And I'm doing alright. But it could literally be all be gone next year. That's how it happens. That's what my job is. It's so unpredictable. But I was raised. By. My ma in particular. Continually told that the, the only measure of success. Is not the job you have. But the security of it. And something like being a teacher. Being a school teacher or a college lecturer, because it comes with, it's essentially a civil service job where you can't be fired and it, you you have it. It's the security of it. And she is that way because she's nearly 80. So she remembers and her, her parents would have been growing up in the war of independence. The trauma of a really, really uncertain insecure Ireland she grew up with the the anxiety and trauma of that where the only good Irish job is a secure job civil service priest guard all these things that can never be taken away in a culture where things are taken away by a foreign power all the time or a culture where where people are taken away either insecurity of a job meaning you you have to emigrate and emigration back then means people literally disappear or people get taken away by the church if they don't go by the book women got taken away these are national generational traumas that most of us probably have and I'm still dealing with that because if I'm being really honest deep down I feel like a failure because I don't have a secure job. And it doesn't matter how much I achieve. Deep down, I have to really struggle with that feeling. And I've got four brothers and three of them are teachers. Two of those three are artists, but they're not professional artists. They do art in their part-time and their full-time is teaching. So that to me, like there's a pattern there, that to me suggests a type of enmeshment as it's known 
regarding careers and security and things like that and it's something I have to be aware of because I'd, I'd kind of like to feel like I'm doing well. I know that sounds mad, right? I know I'm doing well. Sure, didn't I celebrate 25 million listens a few uh, last week? But I, it's a difference between I can say it to myself as much as I want but when I wake up in the morning I, sometimes I still have a, a, a little ball of terror in my belly because what I'm doing isn't secure. And it's not rational. That's not rational. It's, it's an irrational ball of terror. Like, if podcasts disappeared in the morning, I could get another job doing something else. So therefore, there's no, no reason to have an irrational ball of terror in my stomach therefore it's it's not rational and it's something deeper that I need to figure out in myself and I I keep ringing my ma and telling her how well I'm doing and I'm not doing it for me I'm doing it because I, I need her to tell me that I'm successful but that's not going to happen because the enmeshment will not let it happen like for example like I said this before like, I've 25 million listens on my fucking podcast. And she opened up the paper once and saw that the, the local community college in Limerick were now doing podcast courses. And she rang me up with the suggestion that I quit my podcast so that I could apply for a job teaching night classes in how to podcast. And, and this, I think this was like a week before I was like going to Australia for a sold out tour of my podcast. And I had an actual serious think about it. I, I really, I had a good think about maybe I should quit my podcast to go and teach podcasting in Limerick. So that that's utterly dysfunctional. That's two people operating on a line of thinking that is, is informed purely by deeply insecure and irrational emotions. And in me, it's manifested itself. I don't know, is it, an, is it a good or a bad thing? In an extreme sense of overachievement. So if you if you were listening to this podcast in 2019, you'll know in 2019, I I ended up getting really fucking... Sure, didn't I fucking... I ended up getting really sick from overworking myself. I ended up getting really sick from overworking myself because I was writing a book, writing... And appearing in a TV series. Doing this weekly podcast. And doing a world tour of gigs. All at once. And not sleeping. And continually working all the time. And yeah. It, it, it impacted my physical health. So I physically made myself sick from doing that much work. And I love doing work. And I, lo- I, I love creating all the time. But I think that's as a result of enmeshment. What I'm doing is I'm trying to... F- if I, When I overachieve or if I try and do too much, I'm trying to fill an unfillable hole. I'm trying to fill the unfillable hole of feeling like I'm okay. Or f- I don't think the term is it's, it's feeling secure. I'm not looking for, I want to feel like a success. I want to feel secure. And the thing with enmeshment is, what it is, is it's, it's a blurring of boundaries. So I, I don't know, do I actually want to feel secure? And the thing is too, security, like I'm a risk taker. Like the, 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 this podcast, the stories I write, I paint myself into corners. I, I make strange work that isn't secure or mainstream. If I was a secure person who actually sought out security in the industry I'm in, I wouldn't have a plastic bag on my head. I'd be wearing suits. I wouldn't be expressing any political opinions. And I'd be licking everyone's arse up in RTE so that I can get a secure job in RTE as a presenter who does nothing risky whatsoever just good old secure reliable entertainment that can't fail if I was truly someone 
who at my core seeks security, then why am I not doing that in my industry? Why do I continually seek risk and failure? So, by that rationale, is the feeling of security what I want? Or is it what my ma wants and I don't have the, I don't, I lack individuation, individuation. I am unable to tell the difference between my ma's needs for me and my needs for myself. And because I have this blurring of, this blurring of what my actual needs are, I now have an unfillable hole that I'm continually trying to fill with success and success and success. And it's never ever achieved. It's never filled. It's never filled. I still wake up in the morning. Feel. Uh, is failure too strong a word? I wake up in the morning feeling unsafe. Feeling like everything could be taken from me. A feeling insecure. And I don't mean insecure in the way I spoke about earlier. As in my self-esteem. I mean insecure like like the roof will be taken taken from above me i'll be thrown into chaos at any moment that's the feeling that i wake up with no matter how much i achieve and i still keep trying to fill that hole with sometimes really irresponsible amounts of work so basically my ma's needs and desires for me and my needs and desires for myself have become so enmeshed and intertwined that I can't confidently know what I actually want. Now, for some people, that unfillable, like with enmeshment, like addiction is tied in with enmeshment. For some people, that unfillable hole needs to be filled by substances. Do you know? Maybe I'm fortunate in that I'm trying to fulfill this unfillable hole with overachieving. Maybe I'll drop dead from a fucking heart attack when I'm 50. I don't know. But what I'm describing there is known as enmeshment. And it's something I've only really become aware of recently. It's something I've only really become aware of recently. Because I ring my ma all the time. And every time I ring her I just tell her about how well I'm doing. Because I'm not seeing her you see because of the pandemic. So if you can relate to that. If you can relate to... When you think about the concept of you being okay in your life, is it actually what you want or are you fulfilling what you think your parents want? Then you have, that's a, that's a, that's a type of enmeshed relationship and enmeshed family relationship where you have genuine difficulty understanding where, where your, what, what are your needs and what are your parents' needs and are they relevant to you as an adult? And what you got, <clears throat> what you got to do is you got to, you know, when you return to your family this Christmas, you got to look out for the behaviours. How important is it to you? You're a fucking adult. I'm a fucking adult. Grown adults. How important is it to you, right, that your parents or your siblings pat you on the head? It's it's not it's not even thinking your success. Pat you on the head and make you feel like you've done good. How important is that to you? Can you take it or leave it? Or are you crushed if you don't get it? Or waking up terrified if you don't get it? And if it's a struggle, if if it is having an emotional toll, then it might be a meshment. It might be a meshment. Your, your sense of identity is depended upon and wrapped up in meeting another person's needs and that's not a very helpful way to, to live and I need to figure some shit out of myself because I'm only after coming across this recently I need to figure some shit out of myself I, I'd like to I want to connect I'm able to look at, at things I'm doing and able to see that I'm doing my job well and I want to be able to connect that with my belly do you get me I want to I want to feel that feeling as achievement I want to complete a gestalt as I mentioned a few weeks back 
I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I ha- all, all my achievements are on paper. The only time I feel... The only time I can... I can... I feel achievement and feel good is when I'm in the act of... The process. When I'm lost in flow. When I'm lost a million miles away in flow. If I'm in the middle of making a song. In the middle of writing a book. The act of doing. Then I've got my contentment. Then I've got my happiness. But once I'm out of that... And I'm just looking at things I've done... As statistics on paper... I don't... I, I, I still feel like... I've, this is bullshit. This is messing. This isn't a real job. This isn't a real job. I'd be fucked in the morning. Do you know what I mean? And... I reckon enmeshment is really common in Ireland... And in its many... Kind of manifestations in families. And signs of enmeshment... Like... And even if you if you yourself are a parent and you're wondering, holy fuck, how do I not raise my child in an enmeshed relationship? Like, an enmeshed... So a parent in an enmeshed family, they'd like... They expect their child to follow their beliefs and values. Right? They discourage their child from following their dreams. And enmeshed parents' self-worth depends upon the child's achievements. You, you consistently reward the child for behaviour that fits with your values rather than their own. And a, a classic is, is putting a child... If, if a child expresses their own individual desires or needs, you put it down. Like for me... Like, obviously I was I was allowed to create art and stuff as a child. I was allowed to do the creative things. But it was it was never really valued. It, it was like, it's messing. This stuff is... This... Listening to music, making music, uh, painting, writing poems, all this stuff was... It's fun. It, by all means, do it. But it's messing. It's not serious. It won't lead to anything. It's not serious. And that message was hammered into me. It's not secure. It's not secure. You have to follow something secure. And then how do you know if you're wondering, fuck it, I wonder am I enmeshed in my family in some way? If you're wondering, the kind of the telltale signs are don't have a strong sense of who you are, even though you're an adult. Um, And that's, like I said, that's what I'm realizing recently. I thought I was 100% internal locus of evaluation but then I'm thinking more and more and like like it's all peeling back layers like an onion and in my journey of mental health I think I've gotten to somewhere and then I find more layers underneath and I, I really need to explore what I expect of myself in life me what I expect of myself in life so that which means to be honest I don't have a strong sense of who I am I have an idea of who I'd like to be but I don't, ha- I don't feel it. If I'm waking up in the morning feeling like everything... If, if I'm waking up in the morning not feeling like a success and continually chasing and overachieving, then I need to do some mindful reflection on myself. Um, another sign is you're not thinking about your needs. You're focusing on what other people need. The thing with enmeshment too and all this shit with psychology... If you have this relationship with a parent, you can then end up projecting that onto other people. So now what what if you have an enmeshed relationship with your ma or your da and you don't feel secure unless you're meeting their needs. Now you have a fucking boyfriend or girlfriend and now you're now you're doing this with them. You you need to find out what their needs are and now you're trying to meet their needs continually pleasing them and pleasing them and pleasing them and that can sound lovely but the other person didn't necessarily ask for that and that's now not an equal relationship you've you've brought family dysfunction into an interpersonal intimate relationship with another adult you're you're they're you're trying to have an adult relationship with another person but your the needs that you're trying to that you're trying to meet are childhood needs and this other person is a fucking adult who knows nothing about it. And and one big issue that can arrive with enmeshment is people who have enmeshed 
relationships in their families, they can end up completely avoiding conflict of all descriptions. Now, conflict is a necessary part of being a human. Conflict doesn't have to mean, mean fighting. Conflict means having to disagree with someone to meet your needs. But if a person doesn't understand what their actual needs are, because you're living your life through the needs of a parent, then when you don't have security in your needs, then you can't do conflict properly because you don't know what your needs are. And then people like the... If you have real difficulty saying no to people, if someone asks you to do something and you know damn fucking well that you can't do it, but yet you still can't say no, you do it anyway to please that person, to meet their needs instead of meeting your own, then you might have an enmeshed relationship somewhere in your family. What's what's the opposite of enmeshment in a family? Well, simply boundaries that members of the family, kids growing up, are allowed to find out for themselves who they are and are allowed to kind of explore what their needs are and meeting their needs. So if a child decides that they want to fucking, they're interested in cooking, that a parent doesn't say, no, 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 you can't cook, you shouldn't cook, you shouldn't do this, this is messy. That if a child thinks they want to cook, let them explore themselves whether or not they like cooking. And having the confidence and security in that relationship to trust a child with what they think their needs are and don't protect them from failure. Maybe the child maybe the child is going to be a, a shit cook and they go and, and try and bake some buns and they burn them and they realise they don't enjoy the process. But at least they've learned from them for themselves that, oh, yesterday I thought I would like to be baking buns, but then I did it and realised that it wasn't that much fun and I didn't really enjoy it. But now the child has autonomously learned something about themselves and no one has stepped in and tried to protect them from the failure. That's the opposite of enmeshment. So there you go. Thought I was going to answer a lot of questions. Didn't. I think I answered one there. Classic question answering podcast from Blind Boy. Absolute. You know, at this stage, let's just stop pretending. Stop pretending that I answer, that, a, that a question answering podcast is going to be me answering any more than two questions. Because it, it just, it, they send me off on hot takes. Have a fucking lovely Christmas. Have a lovely Christmas, you Santa Claus cunts. Enjoy yourself. I'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.